media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Thanks for that, Karabo. Uh, Lots uh, more to talk about here on the on the SFM Media Show, uh, including just a couple of thoughts on on brand wins and brand fails. And, and I see some people have SMS. In fact, let me let me read through. I'll read through some of them pretty shortly. I'll do that in a minute. So I'm happy. If you have any thoughts, you can uh, SMS me in terms of what you think are your brand wins and your brand fail experiences of uh, of the week. So certainly do that. I'd love to know. You can also tweet that same to me, at Ashraf Garda. Would love to hear from you. Somebody made the point about City Press, by the way. Now the most quoted media in the country. I remember when Fidel Hafferty took over as the editor of the City Press, you said we wanted to be an agenda-setting newspaper. Well, they certainly are. Probably chat to her about that some other time. Not today. About what they've done to get it right, where they've overtaken the Sunday Times now as the most quoted media in the country. So that certainly is a brand win. Further brand wins we'll talk about later on. Uh, Nando's has always been a brand win, I think. Uh, let's chat uh, further about that advert with Ashley Sands for the senior brand manager at Nando's. Ashley, so, so response then uh, f- from the advert, certainly by your very loyal consumers, customers? Sorry, can, I, can you repeat that? I, I was saying, what, what is the response from your from your customers to the advert? Um, I think generally, generally there has been uh, quite well received, you know. Um, uh, it, is, it is an ad that takes a bit of um, uh, looking at once or twice in order to, to kind of get what we're doing. But, but generally it's been quite positive and most people loving it. You know, um, unfortunately... With the kind of advertising that we do, you're going to have the haters. But, you know, we can proudly say that, that the, the lovers far outweigh the number of haters. So, in, in my mind, good response. Great mm. result. And, and, and uh, now, let's talk about the, the, the response from, from Old Spice. Because in this case, I mean, you made the point yes. that between you guys and the agency, it was very clear that you, that you enjoy the Old Spice. And I must agree with you, it's a superb advert. The original Old Spice one on that, on that white horse. Right. Now, having said that... Um, I was at Lurie's last year when, when uh, uh, Black River FC for that Nando's advert uh, won an award and then they were, won that joint award with, uh, with well, Nando's Santum, of course, I think with Ogilvy it was, for that uh, uh, historic back at year advert. It never happened before ever in this country, right? Uh, this time, I mean, you guys must have known that Old Spice will respond. Well, to be honest, we weren't, uh, we weren't quite sure if they were going to respond and if they did, how they would respond. But we've been pleasantly surprised with the with the way that they have. Mm. Now, and, and and the way they've responded. Talk to me about that. Sorry, can you repeat that again? Talk to me about about the way that Old Spice have responded because I mean they've responded via Facebook, right? Yes, yes. So they did a tactical piece where they had their lead character um, sitting on a TV set with our lead character in shot on that TV set with a head title that says I'm on a I'm on a TV ad. Um, and that's made its way around virally on, on, on many of the social networks. So, so that was, um, that was their response. Mm. Did you just lastly, I mean, does this not take away from, from Nando's? The fact that it's now moved into a different sort of discussion in terms of what Nando's have done. There's a, there's another sort of back at year version from Old Spice. And, uh, it, it appears to a large degree that the clever guys are Old Spice because they're the ones who are being emulated. Well, I don't think it takes it away from us at all. I think, if anything, it just enhances, you know, what we've done and puts more people um, in, in view of the commercial because, you know, people want to see what this backwards and forwards is about. Um, and if it works out for both brands, I think that's, uh, you know, that's a fantastic result. Um, you know, we, we have already responded to what they did yesterday by sending a whole Old Spice um, team some Nando's lunch and just thanking them for the way in which they received that commercial and took it in such great spirits. 
Um, and, and shortly after that, their brand team contacted me uh, with, a, with just a big thank you and, and asking us to uh, keep our eyes open for what might happen next. Um, and we're certainly game for the challenge, and we'll just see how things play out, you know. You, you can't plan this stuff, but I think both brands acknowledge that there's an opportunity here for each other, and it's all been done in good spirit. So I think, if anything, it only enhances the campaign. All right, now, at the time, I'm talking last year's Lurie's, I remember yes. chatting to Amatelli, you know, at the press conference and then on air later on on, on the show, and, and asked him whether, in fact, this is the beginning this is a game changer in terms of how South Africans uh, do advertising. That means there'll be deliberate tactical strategies where you know you're going to get a response from a rival brand, and as long as they're not in the, in the same field, you anticipate that and you play along that line, and we'll see more of that. At that stage, he said, well, I don't know. It may well be. I mean, the way I see it now, it could well be more of the same now, more of that sort in the future. Well, look, to be honest, I mean, in this commercial, as was the previous one, we don't, you know, it was never designed with the response in mind. Um, our first goal is always to create a great piece of content for, for our brand. Um, and if we do get a response from the agents, uh, you know, from the, from the brand that we're sort of um, parodying or, or, or someone that thinks we're parodying them, then, you know, that, that's fantastic so long as it's done in the, in the right way. I think the, the lesson learned from the previous um, case is that, you know, there's an opportunity for, for brands to join forces. Um, rather than getting in, involved in any kind of sort of legal litigation that they can just go on for months mm-hmm. and does neither brand any good, you know. Okay. Wonder what um, so gonna... I think if anything's a game changer, that's the game changer. Um, you know, to say that we'll design commercials specifically so that we get some sort of response, um, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, who knows? Who knows what's around the corner? Maybe we'll get a Nando's KFC one together one sometime soon. We'll certainly chat about that. All right, let's uh, leave it at that. Ashley, appreciate your input. Ashley Stansfield, the senior brand manager at uh, Nando's South Africa. What are your thoughts about the Nando's Old Spice parody? Check it out on my Facebook page. Check it out on Twitter. Check it out on YouTube as well. Uh, let me know what you think. You can comment on those respective pages. But also, you can SMS me directly to 34701. By the way, just to tell you tomorrow, you know, I often do the, well, not often, I do the afternoon talk show. Well, until further notice, one week, two weeks, maybe more, you'll catch me tomorrow morning on the uh, on the morning talk show from 9 to 12. So uh, there'll be a slight change there. 9 to 12, uh, you can listen out to that. Right, Gavin Raja, fashion designer and, and very much a creative person when it comes to events as well, has some, has some thoughts in terms of uh, just whether they really work, the events, not the designing part. We'll talk to him about it right after this. Free data just got bigger and better with MTN. You can score 4 gigs of free data every month on the MTN 5 gigabyte internet package for only 499 per month. It gets even bigger. Get 8 gigs of free data every month with the MTN 10 gigabyte internet package for only 899 per month. Free data can be used all day and all night. That's more mahala on your world class internet network. Internet package is available on a 24 month contract. Conditions apply. MTN. Everywhere you go. The Standard Bank Jazz Festival kicks off in Grahamstown on the 27th of June. SAFM is proud once again to be the official radio partner. Join us for 10 days of amazing jazz and blues, featuring Mikasa, Esavan Naidu, and dozens more local and international jazz superstars. Also featuring the 2013 Young Artist Award winner for jazz, Shane Cooper. SAFM will be there to bring you some amazing performances and keep you in the loop with all the backstage action. But there's nothing quite like being there, so book now at CompuTicket and head to Grahamstown for the Standard Bank Jazz Festival. Media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. 
Right, a couple of people commenting. Uh, I'll read those SMSs. I will. I will do that pretty shortly. Uh, just, just some of them I can do right away. Lumka saying, there is much more to the story than what has come out for the editor to apologize. Uh, so what do you do then, Lumka, to be speculate and say he mustn't apologize because there's more to it? The fact is he can't prove anything. That's the issue. If he can, that story will change. Uh, another saying, I was one of those critical readers on Daily Maverick article on Al-Qaeda in South Africa. That is usually the influential journalism of the American pinky and the brain agenda to get an excuse to set military bases in other countries to further their agenda of taking over the world. Goodness, sounds all very, very sinister indeed. What's uh, probably not sinister is uh, organizing events, but do they really work? Gavin Raja with me. Gavin, good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm very good indeed. You've got some interesting thoughts in terms of, you know, how, how events are, are set up and, and whether they really work. Talk to me about that. Well, you know, I, I quite often think, and especially in the kind of landscape that we are in at the moment from an economic perspective, you know, um, if you look at what's kind of going on in the events sphere, I mean, there's two kind of things one really does. One, you know, we, you have companies kind of doing it as things to either position their brand or their service or their product. And, of course, there's the, the other side, which is kind of events which are kind of, um, you know, events which are driven by intellectual property. So, you know, these are kind of either annual events or things that have been created. And I, and I just kind of, at the moment, I think there's, uh, there's this kind of, well, I think firstly by default, quite a lot of people are event producers or start event companies and stuff like that. But it always kind of comes to mind whether they're really delivering on on what they kind of set out to do or what they promised the client, but also whether the client themselves is really in touch with their own kind of strategy and sees that whatever they're doing is in line with that strategy. And so, so you, what are you saying, in fact, that some of it works, sometimes others don't work? Hard? Because clearly, yeah. from a marketing point of view, people listening will say, okay, if we're going to spend any money you know, to create an event as, as, a, as, a, as a brand, uh, speaking to people like Gavin Raja and whoever else, we certainly want it to work. Are, are you saying that there's sort of too much, too much guesswork around it, lots of, lots of, uh, lots of talk, but, but not enough delivery? Absolutely, and I think eventing is far more kind of... Um uh, you know, there has to be a, there almost has to be a very strong kind of tangible relationship with the brand, its strategic objectives, and what their their end kind of, you know, what they expect the event to deliver on. And I think far too often people get caught up in creating a um, a kind of hype around either just a guest list, which is actually completely not related to that event at all, or not relevant to it or just making kind of creating a visual impact which actually doesn't follow through on anything else. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, As opposed to kind of looking at kind of, you know, being innovative and kind of being a little bit more analytical in terms of how does one do things in a different way that kind of provokes thought, provokes far more engagement to one's brand, product, service, or whatever it is. So, so, so just therefore, I mean, if we're very much living in that virtual world, right? I mean, are we in a position that, uh, in fact, we don't even need an event? You know, we don't even need that guest list. There are different ways, uh, creative ways to, to host events without actually getting in touch with people physically, or, or is that pushing it too far? I think that might be a little too far because quite often, um, again, you know, the virtual space is one which is it's intangible. Um, it's very visually driven. It does kind of work either, you know, the pre-lead up to an event or post, 
uh, you know, post event in terms of putting things out there. But I think, you know, it's more about kind of looking at things from a different perspective, you know. Um, for instance, when we do things, it's, it's all about looking at all, you know, how, how can we create a sensory experience which kind of leaves indelible impressions or, you know, that leaves kind of slight trigger points within, you know, someone's memory because it's about kind of remembering that event as well as remembering what that event was about and what product or brand or service offering was around it, you know. So I think it's, it's you know, yes, the social digital kind of space is, is, is incredibly important in terms of... Uh, um, being an element which kind of uh, lends impetus to the event, but it, you, one can't rely on it totally. No. All right. So maybe examples you can tell us certainly from your from your company that's Gavin Roger Concepts in terms of what you guys have done. I think you were involved with the, with the Dore launch recently. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we have a lot of kind of corporate clients, um, and and obviously our speciality is really in terms of creating intellectual property or creating events with intellectual property. I mean. Um, you know, we used to be past owners of the fashion weeks, the style shows and those kind of things in the country. And, um, you know, we've now sold them and we don't have any kind of involvement, although uh, people are asking to us to kind of get involved from a creative kind of perspective. Uh, but for us, you know, it's really about, um, it, we also do a lot of work internationally. And quite recently, for instance, we've been involved in, um, uh, in an international aerospace and defense exhibition, which is, if you think about it, it's a very difficult space. If, you know, if many people have actually been to these things. You know, there's this kind of a lot of suits walking around with, you know, very heavy artillery and kind of things like that um, being kind of displayed. But it's very difficult to kind of get people to interact. But it's about creating an experience. Um, and I know that word's kind of been banned mm-hmm. around too often in this kind of event space. But really, in the an experience which is which approaches things from a different angle and also gets people to engage a lot more because when you're kind of vying for attention or space or visibility, it's not about using kind of really kind of uh, you know uh, cheap kind of tactic, but it's really about getting people to to genuinely engage with that brand and then of of course engage with the people around that brand. Okay, so so give, give me examples, maybe you know two three maximum. Of, of events, uh, whether you were involved or even if you were not, that absolutely worked, that you know that not only was the experience great, but the experience even to the, to the brand owner was just fantastic, right? And, and then maybe some examples where, in fact, there's been a brand failure. Okay, well, um, recently we just we had to relaunch a boutique that's been in kind of existence for the last 20, 30 years, whatever, and it needed to kind of uh, reposition itself in terms of a new market, um, have new kind of people being introduced to the brand and also the owners of this brand were wanting to kind of reposition their store in terms of being far more high-end and luxurious. But, um, you know, it's all good and well to kind of have these parties and you have all these, you know, a, so-called A-listers or, you know, I call them shedders of this thing. But it's another thing to translate that into sales. Um, and also to kind of communicate w- communicate this um, in a very strong way to existing clientele um, who obviously fit into a kind of far more higher age group demographic mm-hmm. um, as well as kind of like introduce a younger clientele. Um, and quite often in luxury kind of brands, things like brand ambassadors don't quite work. Um, because and, and quite often in this country, for instance, we use a lot of kind of there's a lot of kind of brand ambassadors out there, um, but you know it's just 
on what kind of basis is it actually chosen on, you know. Um, and our, our thing was actually not to have a brand ambassador, but to focus on a brand that had extension or life outside the fashion arena. So one of the things is about supporting art. So if you look at, for instance, um, internationally, you have like Louis Vuitton, for, for instance, uh, supporting the polo. Um, you know, Cartier is into sailing at the moment. Laura Piana also sailing. Um, so it's also about the brand having a life outside their kind of defined category or space. Um, and so art is a very interesting thing because it's something that appeals to, you know, people who have a lot of disposable income. It's becoming a huge kind of um, thing which people are interested in from an investment kind of purpose. And so it's also about positioning art. And because this was such high-end luxury, these garments were actually works of art, and they are actually in terms of their construction, they look and feel. But it's also about having... Um, you know, it's very difficult, again, for instance, to see a picture, and it might be a pretty picture, but it's also about the wearing of that garment. So it's also a sensual experience. So we then also wanted to create a fashion show which actually had the models away from the people. We wanted them to, you know, we wanted the models to actually really be very up close with people. They could touch, they could feel it. Um, so it was their kind of tactile, sensory kind of experience that they could have around it. But, again, the entire event was designed around this because of so much intention, attention to detail. We were, mm, very, mm, you know, mm. very hard with all kinds of suppliers in terms of bringing that very strongly through. Um, you know, it's a very difficult, a different thing, for instance, when we work with Tommy Hilfiger in the U.S., um, which has a completely different market. Um, you know, it's very youth-driven. It's very kind of pop culture-driven. Um, in terms of how we launched that in the country um, and the show format for those kind of things. You know, there, for instance, music plays a, a very strong kind of um, role in terms of how they communicate their messaging and the spirit or the essence of their garment or brand. Mm. So so if, if I can just interject, I mean, let, let's just go back to the Doré one. So, mm. And I have had the pleasure not being at the launch, but certainly a few days thereafter, and sort of knowing the store, the one in Santon, and, and being very aware that they never spoke to, to me. Well, I'm, I'm the male, but they certainly never spoke to my wife all the years because it just didn't work, and, and the area was very closed off, and it's completely open now, and it looks absolutely stunning. And I've taken some pictures, and I will post them as well on Facebook and Twitter anyway. But more importantly, has it worked? I mean, how are you measuring that now? Well, you know, the, the ultimate thing is really about bottom line and sales. So it has worked because, um, you know, the, some of the brands that are actually now being stocked, they are very much more younger. Um, and also the collections are far more kind of uh, wider in terms of their appeal, um, you know, either size, age group, you know, just in terms of uh, whether it being a forward fashion kind of like element as opposed to something which is middle of the road kind of conservative. And it's always been known as kind of something very conservative. And now, for instance, it has a different kind of group of uh, clientele that come to it. And also, um, you know, they've had to buy in more stock because they didn't anticipate that they would do so well for the for the winter season in this country. Okay, so we'll certainly follow that story uh, in the future. Just, just lastly then, then, Gavin, I mean, just the measurables. I mean, for, for people listening in, they want to know just rule of thumb in terms of knowing how an event does work. How, how do you measure it? Well, I think firstly it's about, um, you know, measuring your return on it. And I mean, I think there's two things also one has to, to remember when an event, and quite often people forget this, it's, 
either, you know, investment is also about investing your brand equity and positioning it and getting it out there. But also, what is it for? Is it, are you trying to sell something? Are you trying to launch something? If you've launched something, how much of interest has there actually been? Um, you know, if you try, in terms of the, the boutique, one wants to see a kind of measurable kind of result at the end of it. You want to see how much of the, you know, how much more traffic you get into your store and how much does that translate into sales. Um, but I think it's always really about um, <clears throat> did you deliver on what you set out to do? And you have to remind yourself because quite often people get confused along that kind of journey or that path towards creating an event. It's to kind of see, okay, this is really what I want. This is what I've started out to do. And at the end, is this what I've actually been able to do? This is, is this what my events agency has been able to deliver for me? And I think it's um, quite often people work in a vacuum, and I think events agencies also need to be far more sensitive to exactly what the brand or their client is about and what they really want. Okay, so we certainly track those examples uh, into the future. Gavin Roger, great chatting to you. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. There you are, Gavin Raja of Gavin Raja Concepts. I'll read through some of your SMSs in a minute. We'll chat to Bonang, as in the top billing presenter, and now Revlon ambassador. We'll chat to her and the Revlon pe- people in a few minutes' time. We'll also chat to Andrea Radamay about a new position that she's just got. And we'll look at uh, the path to persuasion, all of that coming up. But keep it going with regard to SMSs in terms of your brand win and your brand lose experiences uh, of uh, of the last week. In fact, Neymar, the Brazilian footballer, has got to be a brand win. Goodness, the guy's delivered and come to the party. I'm just wondering whether he and Messi can play for the same team. In Barcelona, at Barcelona, I don't know. MoneyWeb, the, the, the online site, well, 3.2 million uh, unique views now. Uh, and uh, they've certainly gone on in leaps and bounds, of course. That's the online site. And they have a link with us, of course, at SAFM in terms of the show that they do from 6.30 to, 6 to 6.30 every day as well. So think about that one. That uh, Second Jala, we, they finally revealed who, what the ownership uh, is. We should have been chatting to Iqbal Sir. They can't get to him today, but uh, there's been some commitment that he will certainly talk to us next week, so listen out for that in terms of what they're going to do. Right, Andrea Radameyer after this. Mahala A time is back bigger and better. Hello, caller. So, I heard that Jane is going to be made of honor at Andrew's wedding. What? I also heard that I can get 50% free airtime every time I recharge with the NTN. It's impossible, right? I don't know about Engine Jane, but the 50% Mahala airtime is no rumor. Recharge and get 50% Mahala airtime every day at any time to make free MTN to MTN calls. Send SMSs and use the internet. Believe it. Now that's bigger and better Mahala for you. Conditions apply. Minimum recharge value is 10 rand. The Department of Trade and Industry congratulates South Africa in the business processing and outsourcing sector for winning the European Outsourcing Association Offshoring Destination of the Year Award. The offshore segment of the BPO market in South Africa has so far created approximately 18,500 jobs. The DTI offers the business processing services incentive to qualifying enterprises in the sector. For more information, go to thedti.gov.za. South Africa, inspiring new ways. Media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Right, I will there. Uh...